Welcome to episode of Shane Herbert Podcast. It is me, Shane, solo, all alone in the woods of Connecticut. Can't even see my fucking face. It's so dark out here. Sun sets at four o'clock. I don't have to work till fucking seven or some shit. Come home, roommates here. Dinner's cold. Kids are mad. Dog jumped in the fucking pond. Goddamn chicken won't go back in her fucking coop. I don't, I don't know if I ever told you about the chicken, Gloria. We call her Gloria because we had seven chickens. And then a hawk took the head off of one of them. And then the raccoons got in the coop. And there were six chickens left. And I wake up in the morning and there's fucking feathers everywhere. Look at that goddamn massacre. Just fucking feathers. I was like, holy shit, who... Who beat the shit out of a pillow last night? This is so weird. And then I go to the coop and all the chickens are gone. And there's fucking feathers everywhere. I was like, holy shit, they got all our chickens. It must have been a raccoon because we didn't really have a lock on the back. But it was, you know, you had to have opposable thumbs to open it. So it was either a dude who's satanic or was a raccoon. Which my money is a raccoon in these woods. Not a whole lot of Satanists. And we thought all the chickens were dead. We're gone. See ya. No more chickens, kids. Sorry. This is fucking Mother Nature at its worst. And then come like four o'clock, the runt of the litter, the smallest chicken we had, shows up at the back door. Just shows up, just sitting there. Like, oh, what the fuck? And so we named her Gloria. She is a survivor. Gloria Gaynor told us the best uh, version of that song. Uh, so yeah, Gloria, she will not go in the coop. She sleeps on the roof. She goes, literally goes on the fucking, on the roof, I should say. She goes on the fucking roof outside of my eldest kid's window and just sits there and sleeps. And then she'll come down in the morning and start pecking at the back doors. Looking for bread. And we throw her bread. But she's an asshole. She's a mean chicken. She, uh, she pecks the kids. The baby's scared the shit out of her. Just hates her. Screams every time she sees her. <laughs> because uh, she packs her. She packs the shit out of the kids. Nobody likes her. Except me. I love her. She's a survivor. And she's mean. Oh, and the best part, she doesn't lay any fucking eggs. She won't lay a fucking egg. Won't do it. Has not laid an egg in six months. Just sits there, eats her food, and sleeps on the roof. Roof. So it's, uh, it's a weird fucking chicken. We call it a Serbian chicken. Doesn't make sense. But yeah. Solo here. Hammer had a fucking croquet or some shit. Some waspy pickle game or what, paddle or pickle or one of the two. He had some shit doing there. But it, it doesn't really matter. We've got a couple headlines. We've got questions out the ass we're going to go over. kind of want to revisit the Cowboys-Eagles game a little bit. We'll talk about the college football landscape, but mainly we're going to talk about Michigan and Connor Stallions, the greatest assistant in the history of the NCAA. Um, but first things first, Philly, Dallas. Cowboys lost that game. And in my humble opinion, the reason we lost that game was coaching. First and foremost, coaching. Terrence Steele is not a very good tackle. We understood that. We know that. You can see that shit in practice. There should have been a lot more fucking hot routes available to Dak, even though he he played his ass off. 
but he was under pressure way too much. Terrence Steele is not the answer. We have to figure out how to game plan around that. Defense didn't do great, but it did enough to win. More importantly, in the fourth quarter, the two, the last two drives of the fucking game, the amount of mistakes and pre-snap penalties and, and fucking missed assignments and holding, the amount of fuck-ups in the last two drives of the game is enough to make you lose your fucking mind. But it sure as shit is enough for you to lose a game. You're going to lose a fucking game to Philly when they gift you 70 fucking yards and penalties and you're at first and five from the fucking six and you can't get in the end zone. That is on you. That is you as a coach, you as an offensive coordinator, that is on you. You fucked that up. And it is time for some goddamn accountability from the fat man. He sits in front of the podium, just dreaming of his next fucking sandwich from Culver's, begging America to ignore the fucking bullshit in front of their face and ask them to have patience and he promises that we're going to learn from those mistakes and get better, yada, yada, yada. This is year in and year out. What, what are we on, year four of the fat man? This is the same coach that won one single fucking ring with Aaron Rodgers, who was a two-time MVP, by the way. You got one ring out of a generational talent at quarterback. That was my whole problem when they first hired him. That was, that was my biggest concern. This dude had Aaron fucking Rodgers and won a single ring. What the fuck's he going to do with Romo? What the fuck's he going to do with Dak? What, what are we thinking here? What exactly is the end game? Never to make it to an NFC Championship game? Never to win a fucking Super Bowl? To just be outside looking in? Because he is not the answer. He is not the coach that's going to take you to the promised land. He was one time. And again, generational talent at quarterback. The man that refused to talk to his family. You got one ring out of that motherfucker. I think we can all agree. Brett Favre is the worst quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Motherfucker, Brett Favre's got a ring. Brett Favre, Favre is what I would call him. That motherfucker won a ring. How the fuck did he do that? And Romo didn't. How the fuck did he do that and Jack can't? Tell me why. Why a fucking quarterback with the talent of Aaron Rodgers only has one ring? That ain't on him. That ain't on him. That's on the fat man. That is on the fattest man who has ever coached an NFL team outside of Andy Reid. You are number two. You can't even be the best fat man. You are the second best fat man. That fucking sucks. It was an abomination. It was embarrassing. And... If you play like that against the Niners and the Eagles and you beat everybody else, guess what? That's a first-round fucking exit. It's got first-round exit written all over the goddamn car. That's it. You fucked up, damn it. You fucked up bad. But now that we have that out of the way, we've got a couple other things we can go through. Uh, we got some questions here on the pod. Uh, a couple of A lot of questions, like I can say that. You guys are, you are fucked up in the head. Um, Anyway, all right, here we go. <laughs> I can't, can't even repeat that one. Never mind. Uh, will my Panthers beat your Cowboys next week from Bryce? 
Uh, Bryce, I don't think so, but if they do, I might get a felony. I would, I would, I would definitely freak out. And Danny on the show was talking about coming to see a game with me at the house, which would be fine. But Paulie made a joke about he needs to leave the car running because if we lose to somebody like the Panthers, it's going to be fucking World War Three here. And he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong about that. If we lose to the Panthers, I'm definitely not going to work on Monday. I probably won't be calling into the show on Monday. I'm just going to be lamenting my life and nursing a hangover, or I'll still be drinking from the night before. It ain't good. The Cowboys are not good. The Panthers are really bad. Uh, will my Panthers beat your Cowboys next week? I'm going to say no. But if they do, maybe, just maybe, that's all it takes for Jerry to shit-can the fat man and put our boy Dan Quinn in charge and get a real offensive coordinator who knows an offense this side of 1982. Maybe that'll fucking help. Son of a bitch. Uh, another question from Matt, Red Sox and the Texas. Would you rather have one four-star recruit or all <coughs> or an all-in do anything for the team psycho like Connor Stallion? I, I don't know how this is even a question. I'm taking Connor every single day. Every day of the fucking week. Kind of fucking science. And by the way, if we could talk about Michigan's letter to the Big Ten today. So I have a couple of uh, Michigan buddies who are knockdown, drag out Michigan fans. And they think that Connor Stallings is a crook. Um, and he was just doing the right thing. And that somebody snitched him out. And the rumor is, for my Michigan buddies, and I know you all have seen this on the internet, is that Ryan Day's brother runs an investigation firm or some shit, and he's the one who got hit to this Connor Stallion's dilemma. And apparently there was some hacking of computers from Ryan Day's brother's firm that cracked this whole thing open. I don't know when that's coming out, if it's coming out, but those are the rumors that I'm hearing uh, uh, attached to the Stallion shit. But the Big Ten, Petiti, Petiti, Petati, what's his fucking name? Whatever it is, Petiti, Petati. Uh, Michigan wrote a 10-page letter. Uh, Athletic Director Ward Manuel uh, wrote up essentially an argument against uh, the Big Ten making any kind of cautious or, or uncautious fucking rulings. Like, they don't want to get fucked in the ass until there's a real deal investigation. <clears throat> Uh, so President Santa Ono and the U administrators are aggressively resisting any discipline from the conference on the matter and strongly encouraging Petiti to allow an NCAA investigation in its third week to be completed before penalty administrators. So of course, of course, Michigan, <clears throat> excuse me, of course, Michigan is going to say, hey, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, guys. There'll be a combat. There needs to be an investigation. There needs to be a ruling. There needs to be cool, calm, collected heads figuring shit out. Everybody relax. But I'll tell you what, they weren't saying that when Michigan State got into it in the tunnel with the Michigan players. And when that Michigan State player hit him in the head with a fucking helmet, there was no investigation there. Boom. They suspended those Michigan State players. I mean, they were talking about getting charges right now. Uh, so Michigan very conveniently now wants due process to come out. Um, and they referred to Stallions as a junior analyst 
and says there is no evidence that his sign decoding skills had any material effect on Michigan's games. The letter also cites Michigan's average margin of victory, which was 34 points, and the team won games by 49 and 28 points without Stallions on the sideline. And he was suspended three weeks ago, resigned last week. But within its letter, Michigan lays a groundwork for arguments in potential legal action against the Big Ten if Harbaugh is suspended. This is the best part. Michigan thinks they can sue the Big Ten for issuing any kind of fucking ruling before an investigation has happened. Like there's a constitutional fucking angle here that, you know, they're going to get away with and sue the shit out of the Big Ten, which I think, which I welcome. I fucking welcome. More drama in college football. Bring it the fuck on. Please. I want to see a lawsuit. I want to see people getting fired. I want to see 60 Minutes doing expose. I want to see all this shit. Put it all in the fucking open and let us all judge them. I want to see every fucking thing. And that way, I won't feel bad voting for Connor fucking Stallions for president in 2028. That man is a god. I love me from Connor. Uh, more questions here. Uh, here we go. Is World War Three coming, or is the Book of Revelations coming to fruition? Thank you, Matthew. That's a great question. Um, I think both can also be true, because the Third Temple is going to be built. And I think it's, you know, got a lot to do with the Gaza problem that they have over there right now. But if the third temple gets built in Jerusalem, you can pretty much just crack the Bible right to Revelation and start praying and reading. Uh, but it's coming. World War III is coming, and so is the Book of Revolution, Revelation coming to fruition. Oh, that's for damn sure. Um, I got a question here from Steve Yates. On DP Takes a Gamble, you said the roommate is smart. In the past, you said she doesn't believe in heaven. Well, which one is she? Smart or dumb? Uh, thank you for the question, Mr. Yates. She is smart, just misguided. How about that? Huh? You grew up, you know, you grew up in Yankee Land or New York City or LA. You grew up around these artists and hippies and shit like that. I mean, you ain't going to Bible school. You ain't doing a whole lot of Bible reading. You're not asking Jesus any real questions. You're wondering who Jesus even is. You know, uh, Christmas to you is a is a normal holiday as opposed to a pagan holiday created by corporations to drain our wealth. But to you, it's just another day in the calendar that everybody can get happy and jolly and all that other shit. Now, she's smart. She just doesn't know what the hell's going on. That's all. Um, I think we got a couple more here, producer John. If you got any time. Sure do. Um, for Mr. Junebug, uh, be a man. Give us some prop bets on when and how Jerry is going to fire McCarthy. Valid question. Okay, if if the Cowboys lose to the Panthers, what are the odds that McCarthy is shit in before the next game? If we lose to the Panthers... I'm going to say minus 150. I think Jerry doesn't have the fight left in him that he used to have. If this was five years ago, I'd say minus 400. But I don't think Jerry has the wherewithal or, or the testicular fortitude to get into a fist fight with a coach 
and make it go away. That ain't the old, old Jerry would have punched him right in the fucking dick. Well, this is a different kind of Jerry we're seeing. And I also. The spread's 16 and a half. Are they covering that? No fucking way. I'm not touching that game. I ain't touching that game with a stick. Speaking of games, I won fucking like four units last week, all you assholes that uh, wanted to fade me. I did pretty good. We'll go over my picks here in a minute. But uh, last week, TCU, I pushed that. No, I lost that. Wake Forest Duke under 45. I pushed that. The Florida State under 51. Hit that. Hit Wyoming. Uh, Ole Miss was a push. And then I went 3-0 and in the NFL. Cincy, Washington, Baltimore. Bang, bang, bang. And I should have parlayed it. But I'm a bitch. I'm a big old bitch. Speaking of being a bitch, uh, I got a really good question here. This is probably my favorite question of the year. Uh by Anonymous on Twitter. What was the name of the guy that sold you the best nose beer you ever had? You know, it's questions like this that remind me why I still do the podcast. That there are degenerates out there that need an ear to listen. I'm doing but a service to my fellow degenerates and taking care of y'all. Um, and I'll answer that question, but it's a, it's a little it's a little goofier than you think. The name of the man, last name was Vasquez. That's all I'll tell you. And he didn't sell it to me. He gave it to me. And we were in Juarez at a house party. And it was, it's hard to describe. I want to say jet fuel. Like it felt like, it felt like you were taken off like a rocket. <laughs> right in outer space. But the entire time you were in control and driving. You know what I mean? Like you were just, you were piloting this shuttle. It wasn't even a shuttle, it was a fucking rocket. You were piloting a rocket that just went out of space and the further away it got, the better it felt. And you just disappeared into the great beyond and left everything you knew behind you. And you floated through space in a peaceful, excited way. And there was no coming back. And then a couple hours later, you could have a fucking torta. You could have a goddamn chorizo torta, have a great time, throw a couple beers back and go to bed. It's the kind of, it's the clean shit that you need. The clean shit doesn't have you, you know, you ain't got the bloody nose, you're you're going to sleep, you can eat food, you can do all that shit. It's all this additive. It's all this, you know, you, you buy cocaine and you get, you get a bag of cocaine and it's, and it's hard as a rock and you're thinking, oh man, this is a good shit. It's right off the brim. No, it fucking ain't, dummy. They re-rocked it, all right? They put fucking acetone all over that goddamn thing. Acetone and benzocaine. And then they re-rocked it with a 12-ton press. And when you can't chop it up and you can't chop it into little powdery lines because it's all sticky and it almost feels like, a, like fucking somebody spray-painted it with a nail that's, that's called acetone. And that's why it's hard to chop up because they put too much fucking acetone in it. And anytime you get north of fucking Little Rock, you're going to find that shit everywhere. And nowadays, you know, nowadays you got that shit with fentanyl in it. Like you, can't even, you can't even go downtown. I can't even go to the city and score a bag from some asshole in Alphabet City. I can't do that because that asshole's probably got fucking fentanyl in it. 
I got to call up the guy I've known for 20 years, meet him at the hotel he pretty much lives in, and get a couple of bags. It's 100 bucks a gram all the way up, no breaks, no head. That's what's wrong with America. You can't even buy normal cocaine on the street anymore. And they call this freedom. Bullshit. You got any more questions, John? Well, is Vasquez his government name or an alias? That is his government name. That's his last name, his government name. Yeah, but he was, I mean, a little more about Vasquez. I'm 20 to 1, that dude was a cartel baby. Like, my 20 to year one, that dude's daddy was not a legitimate businessman. They had quite the fucking house in Juarez. And he had quite the cars. They had security. It was not, this is not, you know, my dad's a plumber. And he's just really successful. This was some other level shit. And the, the stuff that he gave me was fucking, I've never had any. I mean, I've, I've done cocaine in Central America, in the Caribbean several times, in Europe, which was awful, awful. Uh, East and West Coast, the South, the Midwest, not Canada, but I pretty much, in the Caribbean, this shit is fucking really good, too. Like, if you go to the real Caribbean islands, you can get some fire, but none of it compared to what I had in Morris. None, like, it wasn't close, ain't close. It, it was just, it was the cleanest fucking high you could get. And Senor Vasquez, I will never forget you, my friend. We had a great time. I love that. Uh, yeah. Does Europe do any drugs well? MDMA, MDMA they do. Yeah, they can make really good ecstasy pills, especially in like Denmark and shit. They got real good, they got good at that. Yeah, they got good at that. Their weed is awful though, trash. And the cocaine so it's ketamine, they got good ketamine. When I lived in Russia, I did weed a couple times and it was like freeze dried, but. Like a shot for that? Yeah, it's not something you want to get caught for, but it was Afghan. Oh. So. The end result was fantastic, but the means to an end was a difficult process. It took a experienced pair of hands. Yeah. I was wondering, you know, the first time I went to Europe, I was in the countryside in France. And I remember thinking, we stayed in, you know, it was Normandy. It was Normandy. We stayed in some fucking house that my brother knew or some shit or whatever. And it was like, you know, one of those typical Normandy with the architecture and all that shit. And there was just a bunch of fucking abandoned houses out there. Not a whole lot of people about there. And the climate was good, fucking soul was good, you know, they grow grapes and shit for, for, for wine. And I kept thinking, why the fuck doesn't somebody just, because I smoked some weed, it was trash. And this was from like somebody who was cool and hip and, you know, took us to a party and, you know, was on the end. And it was just ditch weed, dude, like seeds and all. Like it was fucking bad. Like the best weed I ever saw there was BC buds, like shit we wouldn't even care about. Like if you caught your kid with it, you'd be like, all right, well, I mean, whatever. You know, nothing strong. I was like, what if they just fucking grew, like, indoor great weed? Like, all these houses that are fucking empty, you could rent them out for nothing. I don't know how the grid or the power grid would even deal with it. I have no idea. But, I mean, if you had real deal indoor fucking buds in Europe, I, I feel like it'd be a gold mine. It'd be a fucking gold mine. Is the stuff in Amsterdam grown in Holland? That I don't know. I've never, I've never gotten fucked up in. It. I've never been to Amsterdam. I've never been to Amsterdam. Because that's got to be like similar to it is here, where there's like professional operations indoor, right? Got to be indoor. Got to be. You got to assume so. Uh, I got one more good question for you. I think. Okay. Uh, this is from Matt. Uh, Aggies. Talking about a hundred million on Jimbo staff, new staff, etc. Yeah. 
Could they not spend fifty million on players, and even Jimbo could win with twenty-five guys, making one to three mil depending on the position? Valid question, but I mean, the dude is sitting on the best defensive line in the fucking country, or at least the highest recruited defensive line in the fucking country, right? I mean, he's got some fucking dudes on that team. So if he ain't winning, spending whatever they're spending now, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. Like, well, what happens when you spend $50 million on some players and this motherfucker still can't win? What the fuck do you do then? Do you think there's a correlation between... And it's going to be at least $100 million, by the way. It's $100 million, like just for Jimbo. Staff, right. new staff, all that shit. Hiring a new staff, new coach. You're 150 160 all day. What's the correlation between like performance and whether or not they're a bust compared to like you know a highly rated recruit that would rather go take the money at... A and M as opposed to go play for Saban or somebody else. Like, is that the reason? Do you think? I think it's got a lot to do with it. Yeah, I think a lot of it. You know, you want the playing time. You want to get developed as an NFL player, of course. But you also want to get fucking paid. And I think there's like you know there's a long tradition of NFL players coming from shit schools. Uh, and if you pay me to be a fucking wide receiver at Cal, and I end up being Cooper Cup or whatever the fuck, well, you see that kind of path taken. Or what's his name? Pikachu. What's that motherfucker's name? (laughs) Uh, Nakua? Yeah, Pikachu. I mean, that motherfucker went where? I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you where the hell he went. I could Google it, but my point is, he went nowhere. He went to UW. He did? Yeah. And then he transferred to BYU. Thank you. That's way fucking better. Of course he did. And by the way, did I hear I was listening to Dan Patrick's show? Don't get me canceled for this, John, but somebody on the show, a caller, said Tongan. He was like, these freaking, or, you know, surrounded by Tongans or whatever. And I thought that was a bad word. No, I don't think so. It's a country in, uh, what, Polynesia, right? It's like, it's yeah, its own you thing. Call, you know, any, any big Polynesian, you call them a Tongan. Oh, yeah, no, that's not. That's, that's bad. That's not right. I think that's like call like because I think aren't they all Samoans? Oh no, they're not. Samoans a different island. Exactly. See, I, this I just is where it gets confusing. I just I just canceled myself. I think exactly. It's different. You got to be careful about that shit. Samoans, Tongan. I don't know. You know, you see a big Hawaiian, you call him a Tongan. I think that's a problem, right? Yeah, those are fighting words. Yeah, you can't. Okay, that's wrong. Okay. Anyway, he said it on the radio, and I was like, holy shit, and I said Tongan. Wait, he called Puka Nakua Tongan? No, he was talking about some other shit. I just heard Tongan. I was like, what? My fuck? Sounds slightly derogatory. Right? Sounds like something you can't say in a business meeting. Yeah. What would I know about those? <laughs> well, anyway, uh, got some bets in I want to let y'all in on. You're going to hear this on the podcast with Dan Packer takes a gamble tomorrow. Uh, but a couple of things I want to run through. Uh, NFL, Vikings plus three, Tampa Bay minus one and a half, and the Bears right here, right now, minus three. And they are fucking losing 10 to three. Awesome. Way to go, Shay. Um, and then uh, college football, we got, we got South Bama. Minus 11 and a half. I love it. Texas Tech plus the three and a half. Auburn, who's playing a really bad Arkansas team, plus two and a half. 
the Fighting Frank Gores, Jr., I should say, uh, Southern Miss, plus nine and a half. Uh, and then I got Liberty, the, the Fighting Baptist, laying 13 and a half. But right now, what really matters is fucking New Mexico St. Mary's over. NCAA basketball is back, bitches. It's back, motherfucker. So I'm pretty excited about that. Speaking of excited, I think we're going to have uh, Stucky on Gambling Takes a Pod. Or Pod Takes a Gamble? Yeah, that makes sense. Pod Takes a Gamble. We're going to have a uh, famous Stucky from the internet. We're going to try and get him on the podcast there. Maybe I'll sneak him on this show, too, if he's, if he's so kind. But we'll fucking see. We'll see. He's a busy man. Fuck. Um, doesn't start till fucking 10 p.m. Eastern. Of course not. God damn, I'll be up till fucking 1 in the morning. I'll be up till 1 in the morning sweating men's basketball overs over 142. Come on, Lobos. Come on, Catholics. I need y'all scoring two good offenses. Uh, we'll see. Top 25 matchup, too. Lobos ain't bad. Lobos are not bad. But they're going to have to go all the way up to Northern California, get some gales, and take it down. We'll see. We'll fucking see. Oh, all right. We got any more questions here, John? I got one for you, actually. So uh, we're approaching Degen of the Year time here, where we got to start talking about that on the oh, pod. Yeah. And this is done. This is it's a wrap. Well, it's a it, wrap. It, it is. But I just want the listeners to know one of the places that I peruse for for Degens uh, of the week and nominees for the year is uh, Associated Press has an account on Twitter called AP Oddities, and it's very <laughs> weird stories. Okay. Um, and I came across one. A week and a half ago, which had me thinking, and I want to know your answer to this question. So the, the headline of the story is uh, police in Wisconsin uh, found a live cluster bomb and ammunition in a donation box at a thrift shop in southeast Wisconsin at a Goodwill. So somebody wow. somebody dropped this shit off at a Goodwill in a in a sort of in like one of those donation boxes, like in a Safeway parking lot or whatever. Uh, if you had some illegal shit that you really needed to get rid of, like, what is your go-to method to do that? Oh, the lake or the river or the creeks or the ocean. Water, 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 water. All the time. Immediately. Have you ever had to uh, ditch anything illicit? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. How many fucking pistols I threw in the Trinity River in Dallas? Come on. Yeah, Absolutely. Listen, digging a hole is too fucking hard. And it's always going to come up one way or the other. Eventually, that shit's going to pop up. You don't want to do that. You throw it in a Goodwill box. I mean, sure, fine. If somebody else's prints on it, you might be all right. But there's cameras everywhere now. You got cameras in the parking lot. You know, all the Goodwill boxes are in the parking lot of a gas station or a fucking grocery store. There's cameras everywhere. There's fucking people with their phones. Shit's everywhere. They got motherfucking glasses, the Ray-Ban glasses that Connor Stallion has had. They can record everything you see. You don't fucking know. They can put a little black piece of electrical tape, and that motherfucker can be staring you down, filling every fucking thing you do. You go on a dark night, no moon, you get as close to the water as you can, and you fucking pitch it. You pitch it as far as you fucking can. And, you know, if it's not something that sinks, then you create some air pockets. So that means opening up the... Uh, you know, opening up for uh, some air holes to come in. That's what you got to do, goddammit. It's hard work. Someone's got to do it, John. I think that's fair. Uh, one other uh, betting story I had for you. 
Did you see that the uh, three-point line on the Nuggets court uh, was taped down incorrectly last week? No. No. What? So, I guess players in shoot-around for Dallas were saying all their shots were, like, kind of off, and it felt weird. So, somebody from the Dallas staff goes out and measured it, and it was taped too far back. Shut the fuck up. This was on the new court, you know how the the they're doing that in season yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. it was on that, and so they had to go out and repaint the line, like when? ninety Three minutes games? before the game. Yeah, no but this way. yes. Jesus think think about the betting implications of that. That's pretty remarkable. Anyway, that's all I got for. Uh, Questions and yeah. weird stories. But uh, did you want to talk about Belichick a little bit? What about him? He's fucking never going to get fired. Well, where's he going next if he leaves? What the fuck's he going to do? What the fuck's he going to do? It ain't, it ain't going to be the fucking booth. I'll tell you that. I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere. You don't think don't he'll go coach anywhere. at the Naval Academy? Oh, my God. He might do that. He might do that. Well, where is he going to go? What's he going to do? Is he going to go to the Buccaneers? Is he going to go to the fucking Raiders? Come on. Come on. No, he's not. I can't even imagine that. Can you? Can you imagine anywhere else? No, but I also can't imagine him just like sitting on his boat in Martha's Vineyard for the next he's 30 He's 71. What the fuck are these old people doing? Retire. He's 71. You got a, he's got like a 40-year-old wife. Go fuck her, dude. Go hang out. Get laid. So, so you think he's if he leaves the Patriots, he's not going to coach again? No, I think he's done. I think he's fucking done. But doesn't he have a new wife now? I'm looking it up right now. Does he have a new wife? They could not be more diametrically opposed. It's pretty hilarious. She's like this bubbly blonde girl. Yeah, yeah. And he's exactly. just like okay. stone cold. Yeah. yeah. And he, like, tries to have fun. He, like, forces it. He's like, hi, oh, spiraling. Yeah, no, yeah. She's, like, fucking 30 years younger than him or something. Yeah. No, he's doing it right. Go do that. Go do that, dude. You fucking nerd. Go work for the fucking Raiders and rebuild something for what? To lose to the Chiefs? Fuck that. Fucking retire in the sunset. But you know what? Everybody from here on out is going to say... It wasn't Belichick. It was Brady. They're all going to say that. Because Brady won one without him. Belly ain't done. I mean, they're going to say it. That's what they're going to say. Does he That's care it. enough to go out and try to, like... Oh, I think he cares. His ego. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He cares. That's the only reason he's still there. I could see him going to college, though. Like, the absolute control factor. It's effectively, with NIL now, like, uh, his GM yeah. work, like... I mean, he's, he's, he's swinging and missing the last five years. Well, yeah, that's valid. But wouldn't he not be like Dion 2.0? Oh, my God. Bill Belichick of Texas a <laughs> There you go. Bill Belichick might pay Jimbo's buyout to take his job. Can you imagine? I would fucking – I would start a fire. I would burn something down. I would lose my fucking mind if a got Bill Belichick. That would be fucking brutal. That would be awful. What if Saban retires and Bill Belichick takes his spot at Alabama? There you go. Saban would never do that. He would never let somebody like in his same coaching tree esque. Like they've worked together in Cleveland. There's no fucking chance. 
we're way too competitive for that shit. But if he actually ended up at AM, I'd fucking start a fire. That would fuck me up for life. But yeah, that'd be real bad. What do you expect out of Quinn this weekend, speaking of Texas football? I mean, I, I expect him to fucking throw a lot of check downs and stay healthy. That's what I fucking expect. I don't need anything fancy or anything crazy. I want him to be healthy and happy. That means he doesn't even fucking start, so be it. That's where I'm at. Alright. Well, I got these fucking roommate conversations I gotta have. It's just me, solo. Follow me on the Twitter at Shane Irving. Uh, find me on the Patreon, Shane Irving. Um, what else? Like and subscribe. I don't know what that means. Um, but get it in, y'all. John, I got anything I'm missing? I think you nailed it. Get it in. Hey! Alright, motherfuckers, we'll do this again next week. Get it in! about us saying it now